Well, hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson, my last two minutes on radio. I am retiring the moment I finish this sentence, apparently. Uh, I, I, I'll i be done here, I mean, in the next minute or so, and I guess y'all will be left with dead air because uh, Dr. Matthew Opoku Primpa just emailed me, Dear friend, I have a contract over invoice deal project for you to handle with me. I'm the Minister of Energy for the country of Ghana. I have a deal project for the sum of $56 million for investment. This legal over invoice contract is a strictly a deal between me and you. I am comfortably in the position to procure details of this contract in your name, and everything pattering this deal will be anchored on a legal foundation if you're interested Contact me by private email at info inquiry section B at gmail.com for more details. Best regards, Dr. Matthew Apoku Primpa, Minister of Energy, Ghana. I'm rich. <laughs> I wait a second. You know this is a scam. You know this is a scam. You know how I know it's a scam? Because it's not from Nigeria. That's where all the legitimate ones come from. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I guess I'll, I I guess I better stick around in radio for some more time. Sorry, overlords. You're stuck with me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, we, we got we got to move on. Um, the phone number, if you want to be a part of this program, 877-973-7425. And Latham Sadler joins me. On the program in the 2 o'clock hour, that entire hour, I will get to your phone calls here momentarily, but I got to play you this clip and talk about it first. This is Paul Begala with Bill Maher on um, Friday's uh, real-time show. Yeah, well, and this is revealing a big secret, so don't tell anybody. We Democrats have a, a, a lab, two labs, actually, secret labs, one in Berkeley and one in Brooklyn, where we come up with ideas to completely piss off the working class. And it's working wonderfully. Um, we, and, well, labs, strategy, yes, oh, yes, they have, they have, and they all have PhDs right. in pissing off the working class. Somehow, in my lifetime, the Democrats have gone from being the party of the factory floor to being the party of faculty lounge. I, I went last week, I spent uh, Wednesday last week uh, in Chicago with the machinist union, hung out with the machinists all day, great guys, not a one of them came up to me and said, gee, I really hope you take my tax dollars to pay off the debt of somebody who went to Stanford. Right. Okay, if, but I have, I, so Biden's under enormous pressure. He's, he's not for it, he didn't campaign for it. He says he'll relieve maybe $10,000, which I suppose is good, but what I'd much rather see Democrats do is go back to their roots, which is... Earn it. We're the party that created the GI Bill. Nobody called that free college because it wasn't. The guys who got the GI Bill earned it. Why don't we have a system where we say, you want to get out of your college debt? Serve your country. Marine Corps, Peace Corps, AmeriCorps. Not everybody can carry a rifle, but you can you can mentor a kid. And you just give two years of service, then you will have earned that and expand it so we have community college, job training. We we need more mechanics, yes. not MBAs. Yes. And that's where the Democrats focus on a bit. We need more mechanics, not MBAs. Listen, I I know Paul. Uh, I know Paul Begala. Uh, the, the funny story that I I know is I got hired at CNN at the end of two thousand nine, and I was uh, rather a bombastic conservative blogger. I got hired by CNN, 
And I was told by my boss that uh, David Gergen of CNN led them all, Republican and Democrat, the contributors into the office to demand that they rescind the offer, that that uh, they I would be besmirching the reputation of CNN. And they refused, and I had to earn my keep, and all of these people were deeply skeptical of me. And I, I wound up winning them over with my delightful charm. I, it, it, partly, I knew what the hell I was doing uh, and, and could have reasonable, good conversations with them. And it, it took me a little while uh, to, to show them that I knew what I was doing and, and to earn respect within the office from people who really had an idea of me that was not so. Paul Begala was one of those people. And as much as he and I may vehemently disagree on politics, he's actually a very nice guy. I get along with him very well. Uh, and uh, he, he and his family, they're, they're, they're nice people. We just disagree on politics. And I kind of like having friends with whom I disagree on politics because it means I don't have to talk politics when I'm around them. You'd be amazed at how many people want to talk politics all the time. There's more to life. But on this, you know he's right. Intuitively, you know he's right. Uh, this clip was about Bill Maher, and I couldn't play you Bill because it was profanity-laced, but it was uh, him talking about uh, this demand by the progressives that people's college loans be forgiven by the government and essentially to move the burden of paying off their debt obligations to the working class of America that did not get college degrees. Chris Murphy, Democratic senator from Connecticut, has come out uh, sympathetic to the idea of paying off loans but said that this misses the mark because if you pay off the loans, you're not disincentivizing colleges for their extraordinary tuition rates. And he's right. What I find remarkable is Begala's solution is more likely to be embraced by a populist-oriented Republican Party these days than by the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has moved so much to the left and has moved so much to helping progressive professional classes of people that they are alienating their base. This is not rocket science. And I'm about to say something that should not be controversial. I have said it repeatedly, and I maintain I am right on this issue. You're not going to win November on abortion rights. No one votes for anyone whose major issue is abortion. And you should know that applies to the left and the right. If you are a Republican and your number one issue is abortion, for or against, you are going to lose. If you are a Democrat and your number one issue is abortion, for or against, although in a Democrat's case it's always for, you are going to lose. I hate to tell you this, but abortion is not a sales pitch for the bulk of the American public. You know what is? Jobs and economic security. Begala is right on this. Uh, where are the deals for cheaper college degrees? Where are the deals for community college technical skills degrees? We need more mechanics, not MBAs. We have a shortage 
of the working class, the blue-collar jobs that that people have not prioritized over years uh, because they've told kids to go get a college degree. And you know what? To a degree, yes. Uh, college, the, you know what the unemployment rate is for someone with a college degree? 2%. Do you know what the unemployment rate is for a professional with a trade skill? What is the unemployment rate for a professional with a trade skill? 2%. It's the same. Electricians, mechanics, plumbers, they find jobs. They may find jobs for companies that don't have as many benefits as the professional class with their 401ks. But they find good jobs and they make good money. I know a number of people who are plumbers and they're making a really good living right now. They're making a really good living because uh, home sales are in, in demand, home building is in demand, and you need plumbers, you need electricians, you need carpenters, you need home builders, and there are short supplies for labor right now. And there are also short supplies for parts right now, and there are really high prices, and they're probably not coming back down. Here's Rick Santelli talking about the prices. But in the final analysis, I think if you're looking at inflation, I think one of the guests said they think it's probably going to remain sticky. I think it's the rate of change, and the American public is not stupid, meaning it's going to certainly quit going up as fast as it is. But prices are not, and I underscore, are not going back to where they were. Prices are not going back to where they are. And income levels are not keeping up with the rate of inflation, which is a problem. Gas prices, by the way, have gone back up. Have you all seen gas prices lately? Good gracious, even with like the the sales tax exemptions and stuff like that, gas prices are higher now than they were then. It's crazy. They are only a couple of cents from record highs, according to the Today, Today Show this morning. It's bad. You got a lot, a lot going on out there right now in the economy. That's a problem. And the Democrats, if they want to campaign on abortion, I say let them try. It's not going to go very well for them at all. It's obvious it's not going to go well for them. And yet this is where they're headed, just as Republicans are moving from cultural to economic issues. Republicans ceded the ground on cultural issues, critical race theory, transgenderism and stuff, and now they're pivoting to the economy for their closing sales pitch to the public. And Democrats are going to go full-throated on abortion. It's not going to help them. Paying off the college debts of the professional class is not going to help them with the working class. And you know the most interesting data, and Paul Begala, to his credit, is the person who tipped me off on this. Years ago, Begala told me that uh, Republicans are somewhat crazy for their stern opposition to immigration because the longer an immigrant stays here, particularly of Hispanic descent, they identify as white and Republican. And he was right, and it's happening. And the Hispanic working class and the white working class in America see eye to eye these days on almost every issue. And remarkably, they are overwhelmingly shifting to the GOP in Georgia where Republicans are scared to death of Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams spoke at the human rights, uh, what is it, the the human rights campaign, the anti-Christian group. She spoke there over the weekend, uh, waged war against Christians and conservatives on on transgender sports bans, said she opposed uh, laws that would restrict boys to boys sports. She wanted boys to be able to play on the girls' team in Georgia with all of this culture war nonsense and economic nonsense together. The governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, is winning the majority of the Hispanic vote. That's what's padding him in the polls right now. 
Hispanic voters are on his side. And they're on his side because he's delivered a stable economy and kept businesses and churches open when other governors were shutting them down. And he's going to beat Stacey Abrams and, and David Perdue without a runoff. And it's not just Georgia, around the nation, even in, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, even in California, California, yes, Hispanic voters are moving right. Because to them, it is the culture. To them, culture matters. Hispanic voters tend to be Christian, church-going, Catholic, or Protestant. It did not help in Los Angeles over the weekend. The big Catholic Hispanic congregation out there had its uh, services disrupted by Marxists. I don't know if you've seen the video, Marxist agitators stormed the Catholic church during mass for a predominantly Hispanic congregation over abortion. These sorts of things don't help the Democrats. They think they do in their bubble. They think they do, and it doesn't. It doesn't, and if they would get back to their working-class roots, they might be able to start going back up in the polls. But there's a problem between them and the working class or the GOP, and the GOP are taking all the issues the Democrats used to take. I'm a small government, limited government guy, and even I see that the Republican attitude these days of let's spend money and, and reward the working class that's actually helping them a lot in the polling. I can't deny it. It's actually a politically smart strategy for them right now at the detriment of the Democrats who are hostage to a bunch of woke, college-educated, angry women named Karen. You know, you can subscribe to my daily email with the incredible show notes that we do. It's a data dump for your brain right as the show begins with all my links and more. Uh, if you text the word data to 33777, you can subscribe and get it video clips, and so much more of the show. Text DATA to 33777. I'm going to hop onto the phones here and go to Rooster, who's been waiting. Rooster, welcome. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've called in. I, 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 I want to come come to a point about leadership in Washington, but I've got a big disagreement with you All about right. what you just said about life. Okay, so you were saying that, you know, life, or uh, pro-choice is is not the ticket item, and if you are, you're not going to win on that. Yeah. I disagree with you. Okay. And I disagree with you in a in a weird way. Okay. Okay. I've I will choose my uh, person I'm going to vote for on whether or not they support uh, pro-life or pro-choice because I, I've figured out if you. Figure out where life comes from. That will dictate all your other beliefs. Yeah. So, oh, for example, is does life come from the government or from God? Yeah. Look, I, I agree with you if on that. You my, go, my, my point there, Rooster, though, is that is people who run their campaign and make it that as their number one issue. They they don't win if if you're if you make pro life being an issue you actually Neil Bortz used to say you you'd lose actually uh, I've never found a candidate who ran as a pro life candidate who lost because of that issue but if that's what your campaign is about overall as opposed to the economy jobs crime oftentimes you lose regardless of your position. Okay, I mean I agree with you, but I disagree with you. You know, back and forth because, for example, you know, financially. If you are pro-life and you, you're, you're that focused, more than likely you're going to say that the money doesn't come from the government. 
Right. Where does it yeah, come yeah, yeah. from? Yeah, look, no, no. I, I look. I, yeah, I, we're, we're, I don't think we're really disagreeing. It, it informs our worldview and how you talk about everything else in life. Uh, okay, it just okay. depends on the order of which you talk about things that matters to voters other than you and me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm good with you, Eric. All right. I'm good with you. <laughs> okay, so going to the leadership thing. So you were talking about in Washington the Democrats are, are failing this and failing this and not seeing where this is coming from and things are hitting them, hitting them out of left field. I think it boils down to leadership and the fact that Democrats in the administration right now are so they, – they don't have a direction that's guided by leadership. Right. And so they're chasing this and chasing that and chasing this and chasing that. And none of them are unified, and they're all covering their own backsides. And, I, and I'll, draw, I'll draw an analogy, and that is, for example, in, in athens Clark County, we have a football season that comes in. And all the students move into Athens all within a month time frame. Mm-hmm. And then you have football games right behind that. If you're just chasing whatever's in front of you, like an ADD kid, you're never going to accomplish student move-in and the football games and all that crap that goes on that you've got to prepare years in advance. Right. And so they're chasing just what's in front of them, the acorns that are falling in front of them, and there's no leadership to go, hey, this is what you need to focus on. This is where you need to lead. And so you've got... It's almost like an AD uh, a schoolhouse full of ADD kids chasing <laughs> yeah. every direction. They need some Adderall. Every squirrel on the on the on the playground has got them going every direction, and you don't have everybody focused toward the issues and right. what's coming down the road. It's a matter of, oh, look at this! I'm going to chase this, and they're all only that individual is chasing this and covering their own backside, and then you. You look at every issue that's coming down the road, and there's nobody there pick up the yeah, slack and, and you know, taking the this is taking I, a responsibility and going. I'm 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 sure. it. I, I got to let you go there because I got 30 seconds here. But to your point, and uh, thank you for that. Uh, Ron Klain is supposed to do this for Joe Biden because Joe Biden is is the ancient of days. And not in his right mind. That's Ron Klain's job. I I will be stunned if the man keeps his job after what's coming in November. We'll be stunned. Uh, but and you know we've got to talk about this particular issue. I'm going to do a whole monologue that Rooster has inspired when we come back on this particular leadership issue. Uh, that it's a matter of knowing the difference between tactics and strategy. And this White House doesn't seem to understand them. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Latham Sadler joins me at the top of the hour. Uh, For the hour, he is one of the candidates uh, running for the U.S. Senate, a former Navy SEAL, works in banking in Georgia, uh, is one of the Republican candidates. Now, it is time to go back to the phones. we got a number of people, and I I hadn't forgotten, Rooster, uh, the leadership issue. I want to talk about that, but it's kind of relevant to... Uh, David's phone call, I think. David, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Just want you to know, I really do enjoy the show. Thank you. I enjoy your, and we'll get to the point just shortly. I enjoy your conservative view, but I like you calling it like it is. In other words, you know, just because you're conservative, you don't have to agree with every uh, conservative person out there. Because, you know, we we all have a little diversity. Thank you. 
my chief complaint against conservatives, and I guess really the Republican uh, National Committee, I guess the RNC, we're not messaging what we really believe in a succinct way. It comes off as a bunch of nuts. We can't, we can't, we can't, like, like, you know, Lindsey Graham just all over again. And I think the RNC just really needs to put a conservative message out there, like kind of like Herschel's commercial. You know, small government, um, you know, self-determination, that type of thing. And here's what it brings you. And it just seems like such a simple message uh, as opposed to, you know, always, you know, letting the Democrats, you know, draw us out into a fight over nonsense and then we're against it. And they beat us. And, and they, they whip, it seems like every time I turn around, they're whipping our ass when it comes to messaging. And it, it, you see that? Yeah, me? look, okay, um, yes and no. Uh, one of the things that, uh, and I'm not a, um, oh, what's his name? I, I see his I see his face, um, the pollster. Um, oh, come on. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, Morris. No, 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 no. Dick, Dick Morris, Dick Morris. Um, in fact, I was at a conference that he was at the other day, or a couple of months ago, and man, he is aged. Uh, but Dick Morris actually gave Bill Clinton a very good piece of advice um, that polling is not deductive reasoning. It's inductive reasoning. Um, it, 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 you're not trying to deduce what people think about things. You're essentially polling as you're trying to persuade people to go along with you. And the Democrats have understood this in a way Republicans have forgotten that uh, when it comes to using a poll, the poll should not be Americans want to do X, Y, and Z, uh, so let's do it. Uh, polling should be I want to do X, Y, and Z. Here's the way I need to talk about it to sell the American people. So, for example, you used to hear Republicans talk about employers and employees a lot. And over time, they start talking about workers. Because you work. You have a job. Democrats have been very good at this over time as well. For example, Democrats always use pro-choice, not pro-abortion. Planned Parenthood is actually encouraging them to finally come out and start saying they're pro-abortion. But the polling is actually better for pro-choice. It's all been defined. But there's there's an angle here that you got to keep in mind. If the underlying policies suck, the message doesn't matter. And, yeah, the Democrats seem to be getting a better message out than the GOP, but the Democrats right now are complaining that their messaging isn't working. Their message may be good, but the underlying policies are bad. The GOP doesn't have to worry about messaging right now. The GOP doesn't even have to worry about policy right now because everybody hates Joe Biden and the Democrats. All the GOP has to do, their only message needs to be, we are not them, and it's working for them. Tony. To you next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hey, how you doing? Um, I want to say something about this whole abortion thing and everything with with, with Joe Biden. Uh, the Democrats, once again, women should be upset because they Joe Biden them think that women are stupid, just like they think black people are stupid. Um, women that they, he's using this abortion thing to make people not look at the real issues: uh, gas prices, food. Uh, rental, all this stuff that's going on, and it's not working. I have liberal friend that was for abortion, 
uh, I'm not, but for abortion family members, and they don't care about the abortion issue right now. They are starving. They can't feed their kids. They can't buy formula. They can't find a decent job. So, so much going on. They are voting against Biden because they can't survive. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about it. And he did the same thing with Camilla Harris. You talk about black, 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 black people. Camilla Harris, do you hear her say anything about black people and black issues? No. So what they're going to do is they're going to try and use abortion for women. And once they get in the office, if they do, then you're not going to hear anything about women rights and abortion or nothing. We're catching on. It's not working. I have to pay. I just paid $110 in my van to fill it up. I don't care about none of this stuff. People don't care. I have seven children. I have 10 altogether, three grown, seven still at the house. It's killing me. Nobody cares about abortion. We can't feed our families. We can't put gas in our cars. Everything is ridiculous. And they're talking about abortion. I love it. Keep talking about abortion. Just keep doing it because you're just getting us all more angrier Mm -hmm. and more angrier because we can't survive like this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I got to tell you, Tony. Listen, I, I appreciate the the passion I hear in your voice. Thank you very much for the call. I, this is this is an angle where some Democrats are convinced that it had to be a conservative leak from the Supreme Court because of what it's done to the Democratic messaging. No, I I, I actually kind of think there were were two leaks: one from the right, one from the left in the court. That someone from the left leaked the opinion only after someone from the right leaked that. A majority was there to overturn Roe. Um, what I find interesting here, though, is listen to Tony's passion in his voice, outrage in his voice, and what he's actually saying. It's going to be the economic issues that matter in November. This gets back to my conversation with Rooster. And let me just clarify this one for you. I will not vote for someone who's pro-abortion. Because if you believe that life begins at conception and that our rights come from God, it shapes your worldview in such a way that you are inherently distrustful of government. And how you approach things are different. You know the 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 best group in Washington for figuring out who is going to be ardently uh, pro-life? The Club for Growth. The Club for Growth doesn't focus on social issues at all. The Club for Growth focuses on the size and scope of Washington. Uh, but if you're for growth and you're for small government, you are inherently for pro-life. I've always told people that uh, the Club for Growth scorecard has a better metric of who's pro-life than the National Right to Life scorecard that only focuses on abortion issues. If you believe that um, government should be limited, you believe the government should not have the power over regulating uh, killing a kid, you you think that it should at, at best be left to the states, if not banned outright. It matters. But if your whole campaign is abortion, 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 one way or the other, life or 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 abortion, you lose because Americans, at the end of the day, except for 2% of the American population where it is the governing issue for them. For other Americans, whether they are pro-life or pro-abortion, other issues are predominant. And yeah, like Rooster said, it depends. If you're pro-life, you talk about these other issues in a different way, but you talk about them still, and you probably prioritize them. You prioritize crime, law and order, taking care of families, educating kids without state indoctrination. And for the life of me, the Democrats have missed this plot point. You cannot just talk about abortion.
And ultimately, this comes down to a leadership issue in the White House. There is a fundamental leadership issue in the White House that I'm just I'm flummoxed by their inability to figure this out. You can't run an entire campaign until November on abortion. You will lose. You just will. Inherently so. You can't do it. You cannot go until November continuing to just grab things uh, ADD style. The, the next little squirrel that comes along, you're distracted like Doug the dog for the movie up. Squirrel! You know the difference between strategy and, and tactics? You want an outcome. You want to you want to win in November. Your strategy as a Democrat is to convince the American public that you are more competent stewards of the economy than the Republicans. And underneath that, you have tactics, highlighting good news, downplaying bad news, uh, producing policies right now that get the economy going again, that make people feel like the economy, they benefit from the economy. I mean, right now, uh, superficially, the economy looks like it's doing well. But nobody feels it because of inflation. Nobody feels it. So your tactics to carry out your strategy of making people think you're a good good steward of the economy is to deploy tactics that make people feel like they're benefiting from the economy. And people, for the life of me, they've confused the tactics and the strategy. Your tactic of downplaying bad news and highlighting good news on the economy, that's not a strategy. That's just one tool in the arsenal to carry out your strategy. The Democrats seem to have forgotten this, and they don't have an overarching strategy. They're on such defense right now with the world out to get them, it seems. It's just not smart. But they have nothing better to offer. We're going to hear for the next few months how bad the strategy or how bad the messaging is from the Democrats. That's just inevitable. It's just inevitable bad strategy or bad message, and we can't get our message out. The Democrats actually at this point think they have a good message, but it's just not getting out. I have been through plenty of these elections, midterms and presidential elections. The party that always complains that its message is not getting out is the party losing, not because it's not getting its message out, but because it's convinced it has a great message and the public isn't buying the message. It's not a good message. It's not a good message when you can't get it out, and it's not a good message when it falls flat on the needs of the American people. They're all out there saying, we're, we're going to do well, we're going to do well, we're, we're, we're going we're to get this message out. If only we can get this message out, we need the media's help to get the message out. Your message sucks. Your message is at odds with what people perceive, believe, and know. Wages are not keeping up with price increases. There is a labor shortage. There are too many people sitting on the sidelines. It's great to have 3% unemployment, but when a third of the American population or more of the American population is sitting on the sidelines, roughly 40% of workers who could work are not working. They're sitting it out. That's a bad sign for the economy. And now you want the punchline, you want the kicker. They're starting to worry in the Democratic Party circles that COVID is going to have another big wave. They're starting to experience it on the West Coast. They're, They're starting to worry 
that there will be another COVID surge in the fall. Now, I'm telling you, Republicans, pay attention to this. They're going to try to take advantage of it to do what they did in 2020 with the election. They're going to outlawyer you. They're going to outmaneuver you. You better be prepared. But yeah, the Democrats, things are going badly for them because they have no strategy. They have no leadership. They have no good tactics. They don't really have the message they think they have. And people feel like Joe Biden's economy is leaving them behind and that Joe Biden himself doesn't care about them. And that one is in particular very important because it goes back to the way he handled Afghanistan. And ever since then, in the polling, nobody's sitting there looking at empty store shelves thinking, ah, Afghanistan, Joe Biden's incompetent. No, no. Afghanistan just changed people's mindset from he's competent and cares about me to he's an incompetent buffoon who doesn't care about me. And it's never been the same since. If you want to clean the air in your home, you need the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You guys have this problem. You you fry something in your kitchen and and the exhaust vent doesn't do a good job. Or you're like me. You don't have an exhaust vent. Uh, You got to have something to get rid of the odors. And and your wife may be into essential oils. You may be or just spraying Lysol. Well, that masks the odor. It doesn't really eliminate the odor. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm actually wipes out the odors. And I keep one when I travel. I keep one in my suitcase. So whenever I travel, it's always there. If my rental car or my hotel is, is stinky, it eliminates the odors. I can plug it into my car with a USB cord or I can plug it directly into the wall. And it works. And you get three of them right now for less than $200 from EdenPureDeals.com. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, and on the front page, you will be greeted by a discount code box. And you put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. You get three of them for less than $200. You are saving $200, and you get free shipping all at EdenPureDeals.com. You use the discount code ERIC3. And, you know, it's filterless. You just wipe it out on occasion. You don't have to get a filter subscription. You just get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm at EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC3. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan in Noonan, Georgia. Don't let that dissuade you wherever you are nationwide, from Hawaii to Maine, from Washington to Florida. They can help you. Alaska, too. They can help you. If you need your business to grow, you want to become a bigger business, you need a big loan, $750,000 or more. Well, reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan. See what they can do for you. Go to firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. Let me see if I can work in this last phone call here before we get to Latham Sadler in the next hour. Hakeem, you are the last caller. Welcome. Great. Welcome, welcome. How you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, my question is, uh, why haven't the Republicans went and pressed charges against all these people that are inciting violence against the judge that could take arms to go uh when is the breaking the law when they try to take trump the trial just for saying fight just the word fight for your rights mm-hmm. but these people are these people are saying violence kill harm joe schumer has been uh, chuck schumer's been on the stand some what hit you what do you mean what's going to hit you Right, Why and, and these you know, brought up on charges. So th- this is this is really important for those of you who don't understand what Akeem is talking about here. It is against federal law to protest outside of a federal judge's house in order to persuade them, dissuade them, antagonize them about a pending decision. It is against federal law, and they are not doing anything. They're not doing anything. In fact. Uh, when Joe Biden was asked about this the other day through through Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, she said that they supported peaceful 
um, protests, and they had no opinion whatsoever on the left-wing group that was exposing the addresses of Supreme Court justices. Only after the weekend and the firebombings, there's now been another vandalism of a pro-life center in Virginia. Only then did they come out and say, hey, guys, protest, but don't be violent. It's a little late. I remember when they were attacking Donald Trump for fanning the flames of protest and making things worse. Remember when he went across the street and uh, they tear gassed the people in Lafayette Park and he went and held up the Bible in front of the church that had been vandalized, the Episcopalian church? And oh, Donald Trump, even I was critical of him that he was fanning the flames and the situation was getting out of control. And he as the president could could calm people down. And people left like, thank you, Erickson, for being responsible. Where the hell are the responsible Democrats? They're all fanning the flames. All the people who wanted to condemn Donald Trump and demanded the rest of us do it, they are out there fanning the flames. And you know what's going to happen is there will be fewer and fewer people like me who are willing to tell my side, cut it out. And I don't blame you. Now, I'll still do it because it's my personality. If I think it's wrong, I'll say it's wrong. But there are a lot of people who will say, you know, I think it's wrong, but why should I stick my neck out and alienate my own side? These people aren't going to do it when their side does it. And I get, I totally get it. I do. It's absurd to me that this is the situation we're in right now. You've got parents treated like terrorists when they go to the local school board to complain. And you've got actual people calling for terrorism against Supreme Court justices and the Justice Department's doing nothing to them. The Justice Department wanted to interview, harass, interrogate, and charge with crimes parents who showed up at school boards to complain about critical theory and transgender indoctrination of the like. And here this is happening and they're nowhere to be seen. This will cause precedent that will go badly for the left in the future. I can see it coming. When we come back, Latham Sadler is going to join me for the hour. He is another Republican candidate running for the United States Senate. I've been opening my doors to him to let them spend time with the audience so you can get to know them in their own words uh, with an unscripted interview of who are you, why are you running, and what are your issues. Really tough questions, but good conversations. It goes remarkably fast. Stick around. Latham Sadler will join me in studio.